You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Give this podcast a follow as well. That is at Locked On Cubs. How are we feeling? We're feeling pretty good. I do have to apologize to start off this podcast. I promised you yesterday you'd get two episodes in honor of the doubleheader that took place at Wrigley Field between our Chicago Cubs. Yes, they're ours. And the Colorado Rockies. But I had a little tech issue, so you only got the one episode. And then I had to re-record. It was the whole thing. You're getting two today, though. We got an off day. It's a Thursday here in the beautiful city of Chicago. It's a hot one. It's sticky. You know what I mean? So I, I might roll on the deodorant twice today is my suggestion. My little life advice for all of you. Double up on the deodorant. If you're a fella, don't be afraid of baby powder. Those of you who know, know. You know what I'm saying? This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our lockdown rooms. Get into the action. Spotify Green Room. Change the way we talk sports. Okay, the Cubs split the doubleheader last night, so I'll be diving into that. On this episode, I'll be recapping game one, in which the Cubs were victorious. Yeah, woo, all right, Cubbies, way to show them. That's what we're talking about, yeah. Right, that was, that was a live clip from the fans at the ballpark. I should say fan. Did you guys see the photos of Wrigley Field? It was the emptiest I've seen in at least a decade. The announced attendance for both games was in the 24,000 range which was the lowest since 2013, the 2013 team that, of course, lost almost 100 games. I believe they lost 98. In 2013, there was an announced attendance of just under 21,000. It was like 20,900, I believe. I had the stat in front of me a second ago, but around there, you get what I'm saying. I'm ballparking the ballpark attendance. How's that for a dead joke? And it's uh, honestly, it's good to see. It is. I know. I know. I hate to say it. I absolutely hate to say it, but in, a, in some regard, I think it's it's necessary. And the, the only reason it was actually announced at tennis is 24,000, because that's about the Cubs season ticket holder base, which is mighty impressive for a ballpark that fits 40,000, maybe 41, if they're doing standing room only. And I've only seen one game where the attendance was announced at 40,000. I believe that was the Sox game. The Cubs-Sox game at Wrigley might have been around there. And maybe there was a game between the Cubs and Cardinals that flirted with the 40,000 number. But for the most part, they even when they first went fully open, I remember that series, those three games did not sell out. And the Cubs were in first place back in, what was that, mid-June when things finally went 100% capacity in Chicago. And I, some people were like, oh, well, you know, there's still some people with concerns. I'm sure there are. And and they're right, they're right in a lot of ways to have concerns still. Why not? But my point was that I feel like with the offseason the Cubs had in trading you Darvish and Victor Carantini and not re-upping or non-tendering is the, the correct way to put it, one Kyle Schwarber. And then, you know, then Lester signing for only $4 million with the Nationals. And granted, look, let's be honest with ourselves, Cubs fans. We all kind of knew that the 2020 season – really did kind of show us that John Lester is, is, is done. His best years are behind him. You know, he's pushing 37 now. I think he might be 37 years old. And was he still one of the greatest free agent contracts 
in Cubs or even Chicago sports history? Absolutely. Absolutely, John Lester was. And when you sign a pitcher to a six-year deal, and John Lester was 31 when we signed him, you know that those last two years aren't going to be as productive. That's part of the deal. That's part of free agency in most sports. You're paying for those four prime years up top. And that's what these athletes work towards. You know, they have a killer 20s where they're getting underpaid. They so often get underpaid. And they do that. They work hard. They become a star. So they kind of know, hey, if you want me, it's going to cost you this much. And the team could argue, well, you're going to be terrible by the end. And they're like, yeah, that, that's that's the deal. That's how it goes. You're not paying for my final two years. And big market clubs don't really mind. They think they're, they're, they're supposed to be under the impression that like, oh, yeah, we know. We, we build that into our future expenses and, and no big deal. That money rolls off eventually. But I feel like a lot of Cubs fans, not a lot, but there's some out there. I keep hearing them say, well, we can't sp- spend big because Hayward's contract still. Hayward's got two more years left, two years. And the rest of the payroll is not next to nothing. $38 million committed. Next year. Now, obviously, I'm not counting players who are under team control, like Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ, who are arbitration eligible. Projections with all the arbitration raises and all the players that we have under team control puts us at just under 80 million. I think I saw 79 million. 79 million. It's nothing. And I know the CBA is working out what it is, but if the luxury tax stays at what it was this year, 210 million for next season, it's a lot of money you could spend. The Cubs could, in theory, spend just over a hundred million dollars. You want to give yourself some wiggle room. Say they wanted to bring up the payroll about to 200 million again. They could spend 120 million. They could, even if they only wanted to add a hundred million in payroll they're they would be at 180 million, which would put them 30 million under the luxury tax. They are in a great spot financially. If they choose to spend like a big market team. Now I know we've all been trained. It's so funny to me too. <laughs> so many people who don't like Theo Epstein use his words now, like their gospel in the sense that, I, things that Cubs fans never said before Theo entered the picture, I hear Cubs fans saying now all the time. One of which being like, oh, you don't spend on free agency until you're ready to compete. True. I, I agree with that in, in a lot of regards. Uh, meaning is that you don't want to waste prime free agency years. So obviously, if the Cubs would have signed a John Lester type after the 2013 season, that would have been really stupid. Now, they signed Edwin Jackson, if you remember, then that didn't work out. But that was four years, 55 million. And with pitching, you need innings eaters and all that kind of stuff. It just didn't pan out. He was a guy coming off a very successful year. He had other suitors signed with us. Didn't work out. Happens. But that was also one of those signings where I feel like they're like, okay, we still have pretty high ticket prices. They weren't the highest in baseball like they are now, but they're still probably top five around that time. It's like we gotta we gotta spend something. So when they lost out on Annabelle Sanchez who was pretty good for the first couple of years of his deal. They figured, all right, we'll, we'll sign Edwin Jackson because we can't go to camp. We can't show up to spring training with a pathetically low payroll. So we, we got it. Let's, let's buy a couple toys and yeah, but I don't think they ever plan on Edwin Jackson being part of the next core. Maybe they thought he would have been a back end guy by the time they were ready to compete. And then if, and if he wasn't not really that big a deal again, was it 12, 13 million per it's not, that's not even, even back in 2013, 12 million, $13 million a year isn't much. It, it really wasn't. So I look at it this way. You know, I've been talking about, I've been doing player free agency player profiles recently. And, you know, because I, I figure we should have some fun with it and try to figure out who fits where. 
I am for the fact that the Cubs are in position in which if they make the right free agent picks, they could be competitive in 2022 and still not stunt the growth of the prospects coming up. Because our best prospects are still right now in A ball and double A. They're not even double A. Most of the, yeah, most of them are going to be like A ball, rookie ball. The, Brennan Davis is in double A. Amaya was hurt. But like there's you know, there's a couple guys in triple A Iowa they take a look at. But the real, real talent, that huge next wave. They could all come together at the same time. The Owen Casey's, the Christian Hernandez, you know, th those names, they're still a couple years away. So what do we do? Do we just wait? Do we just keep throwing out the Frank Schwindels and the Rafael Ortegas of the world, who, by the way, are doing a great job with the shot. They're getting a shot of playing every day, and they're cashing in. They're looking great. And I support both of them coming back next season because, again, it doesn't cost much. What, what it is is low risk, high reward. If they end up being bus, if they end up looking like the people who are, you know, are 29 and 30 year olds who are finally getting playing time, which is usually those guys usually look bad. If they, if they revert, if the, if the clock strikes midnight on Ortega, Schwindel and wisdom in the sense that the ball is over Cinderella, no big deal. doesn't cost you anything. They're not going to be breaking the bank contract wise. And at that point, then you, you fill in where you can, and then, all right, it's another wash season. But I feel like it would be a wash season if they don't do anything else but that. But if you get a Nick Castellanos, again, no reason not to. The DH is coming. We know it. Those of you who are purist, make peace with that now. The DH is coming. And a shortstop who then, as our young shortstops come barging through the door in a couple seasons, can slide over to third base or second base. Or you, or you trade them at that point if you can. I'm just saying that there's a way to smartly spend your money while the prospects are coming up. It's what teams like the Dodgers and Red Sox and Yankees, too, have done over the last uh, decade or so. And the Cardinals before, too. I forget the Cardinals spend a little bit, and they, they drafted well for a while. You can't really, you know, obviously we don't like the Cardinals here at Lockdown Cubs. We're a Cubs podcast. But you do, you got to tip your hat. As a Chicago sports fan, there are certain organizations I will tip my hat to in regards to, I don't like them because they're a rival, but you got to give them credit that they know how to run their organization. Packers, look, I, I don't like the Packers. I hope they go 0-16 every year. I'm probably, I probably have some Packer listeners, and that shouldn't offend you. It's what makes rivalries fun. If everyone liked the same team, it'd be boring. And you should probably root for the Bears to go 0-16. I get it, right? We could all live in the same on the same planet. But I respect the way that organizations run. They seem to go from, it went from Favre to Rogers. How do you not respect that? If you're being an honest person with yourself, you got to be like, yeah, clearly they know what they're doing. Detroit Red Wings, despise, but they were for decades, they've been, you know, one of the premier franchises in the NHL and the baseball th side of things. St. Louis Cardinals never go too long without being competitive. They just don't. I, I, if I were to look through the last few decades, I, it'd probably be hard-pressed to find more than three seasons apart in which they didn't make the playoffs. Honestly, if you, I, I wonder. i got to look that up. Over the last 30 years, how many consecutive seasons did they miss the playoffs? Like the Cubs, the last 30 years, let's go 1990 to today. They went from 90 to 97, no playoffs. They made it 98. And they went from 99 to 03, so that's only five years. Then 04, 05, 06, that's three seasons. They made 07, 08. Then they went from 09 to 15. It's only six seasons. So not too terrible, but still pretty bad, right? And now hopefully we just go one year and then we get right back on the horse and start uh, being the cream of the crop of the NL Central yet again because I know that's what I want to see.
This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform for sports fans. It's from Spotify. This app is free to download. And once you're in, you could talk with other fans. You could talk with athletes, insiders, all in real time about your favorite team or sport. How sweet is that, right? It's a good deal. You're going to love it, right? It creates, we in the sports community, we love the banter. We like to have some fun. We like to hear about it. So uh, what you want to do, you want to download it. It's available on all the iOS devices, okay? You could have live post-game reaction, breaking news, right? You could find tons of lockdown hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. So again, go download the Green Room app right now. Go ahead, pause the podcast. I don't mind. Uh, on your iPhone, create a profile, link it to your Twitter, and then join all the latest uh, groups. There's groups for every team you could find out there, and you're going to love it. Trust me. So go ahead, download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, let's talk about the Cubs win in the first half of the doubleheader, the day game. As I mentioned before, the attendance was really, really poor, and it was only announced. They do the announced attendance, like I was saying, with the season ticket holders. So even though they announced 24,000, it looked about 15,000-ish. I'm not kidding. There was a lot of people who weren't. And I mentioned earlier about how I liked a little bit. I didn't really hammer home the point on why. It's because I believe this team needs to spend in the offseason. I do. I believe you could do both. You could develop your minor league talent while also putting out a competitive team. Now, you don't want to get bogged down with a bunch of terrible contracts, but if you're smart about it, you could compete again. And, and that was my main point, if I could hammer that home one more time. So the Cubs were victorious in game one against the uh, Colorado Rockies, who are uh, competing with the Cubs for a high draft pick. Um, and the the big blow of the game, which I feel like Marquis' camera angle needs to do a better job. I never really saw truly where it landed. But uh, yeah, the Cubs won 5-2. So here was the big blow. Patrick Wisdom, everybody. He absolutely destroyed a ball. It looked like it hit the building uh, you know, the one that Glenn Allen Hill put a ball on top of, it didn't go on top of there. I, I remember seeing some people say, oh, that's Glenn Allen Hill country. I'm like, no, it didn't go on top of the building, but it looked like it hit the building on the fly. It was easily across Waveland. It was, it was an absolute blast. And I got to give, uh, Patrick wisdom, a lot of credit. It does seem like whenever you feel like, oh, is he dipping? Is he going to start to show that, uh, you know, he's not the guy everyone thinks he is. And I understand the reservation some people have when you come across a guy who is, again, is Wisdom even 30 yet? I believe he's 29, 29 years old. Um, he will be 30. Wow. He'll be 30 tomorrow, everybody. Be happy 30th birthday to one Patrick Ian hyphen Cashel Wisdom. There's a name. Born in California, drafted in 2012 by the St. Louis Cardinals, the 52nd pick overall. See, that's like a, there's a lot of great players that get taken way after number 52. He was the 52nd overall pick. And yet he was blocked by Matt Carpenter because they just love Matt Carpenter, who hasn't been good for a while. We end up getting a hold of him after he was with Texas for a spell. And he's finally getting a shot. And he, you know, he's delivering. He has 21 home runs, Cubs fans. Are you aware of this? Patrick Wisdom is only six home runs away from the Cubs rookie record. Who currently holds the Cubs rookie record? That would be the third baseman for this third baseman slash center fielder, excuse me, and a corner outfielder as well. But he has started a few games in center. For the San Francisco Giants, that is one Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant set the Cubs' rookie record with 26 home runs way back in the year 2015. 
Remember 2015? Only six years ago. Six years ago, and yet it feels like a lifetime ago. Six years, six years isn't that long. It shouldn't, have, it shouldn't feel that way, but it does a little bit. Now, Wisdom does strike out way, way too much. He's up to, at hobby levels with strikeouts. But you don't mind when the guy's slugging 539. You'd like to see him draw more walks. That's the one part of his game where in a good lineup, you don't have him batting third and fourth like we've been having. You kind of want that guy like as your six hitter, you know, hopefully behind a guy who makes a lot of contact and in front of a guy who makes a lot of contact. So like to sandwich those guys. That's why I always loved Javi Baez as a six hitter. If you guys ever want to go through the story of the 2021 season, you could find episodes of me hosting this podcast, what I took over in mid-May. And the Cubs offense was tearing it up in mid-May. And I was saying that the Cubs offense was best when they had Javi hitting sixth because that's really where his player profile should be. Let him bash away at home runs. Let him drive in runs. And then you don't mind him striking out as much either. Where when you have him a little bit further up in the order, you're kind of like, oh, you don't walk, you don't strike out. Yeah, you're a dynamic player and all that, but you really should be hitting sixth. Sixth was his sweet spot. And we forget how loaded the 2016 Cubs were. Javier Baez in game seven of the 2016 World Series batted ninth. Think about that. He was like 22, 23 years old at the time too. So it is a little different. But, you know, I, I'm just liking the fact that every time you maybe think Wisdom's going to take a dip, he makes some readjustments, he's hitting fastballs out of the park, he hits sliders and breaking pitches out of the park, uh, he's getting a few more base hits, they're starting to add up a little bit too. He only has seven doubles, no triples. I don't see him as being a guy who could particularly uh, stretch a double into a triple, but that's okay. And all this, by the way, 243 at-bats, 21 home runs and 243 at-bats. You you take his home run projection over the course of a full season, that's about a 50 home run season. Typically 550 at-bats to 600 is a full season. He's, again, at 243 at-bats and has 21 home runs. Just doubling that is under 500, and that's 42 home runs under 500 at-bats. You had another 100 for 600, maybe you don't get to 50, but you're close. We're talking upper 40s home run power. And even if that hot, you know, that hotness wears off a little bit, you feel like you're still, I could, if he plays like this, I see no reason why he can't start a third base for the Cubs where she plays an awesome third base and hit you 30 home runs in the corner all while making very little money. Cause I don't believe he's a free agent. I believe he is still arbitration eligible, which is pretty sweet. You know what I mean? So like they might, the Cubs, they're going to, I think again, it all comes down to whether or not they open the wall, but as Cubs fans, it could be a very fun off season and the good times could begin to roll as soon as mid-February of next year. And that is an exciting place to be as a fan. It really is. Bet online, everybody. Bet online is your number one source for gambling action, everybody. It is that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are getting back on the gridiron. The season is starting in two weeks. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including get this online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000. I almost said 200K, but 200,000 really emphasizes, right? NFL Survivor Contest, which is open now at Bet Online. So head on over to the website or use your cell phone to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. What? Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo in which they, in which if you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champs, the Bucks versus the Dallas Cowboys, if you lose, your wage will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code 
NFL 100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Promo code locked on. All right, I've been doing these free agent player profiles, and you know, I've done some shortstops. I've given you a profile of Carlos Correa. I've given you Carlo, uh, Carlos, Corey Seager. I have given you Marcus Simeon. I've given you Javier Baez. <laughs> I've also given you a DH slash corner outfielder because that's another spot I feel like the Cubs can improve without halting the development of these young, exciting prospects we've got cooking down on the farm. And that was one Nick Castellanos who the reports have said, John Heyman and a few other reliable sources have said that Nick Cassianos does plan to use his opt-out clause. We know how much he loves Chicago and Wrigley Field and how it feels like it really reinvigorated him and kick-started his love for baseball again. I see no reason. And if you're a listener and you have a reason, lay it on me. But I really, I, I can't. Find me one. Find me one reason in which the Cubs can't go out and bring Nick Castellanos back. Seriously, I, I want to hear it. There, there's just no reason. And you can't say money because you know we have it. You know we have it. And is he a guy that you'd regret signing? Probably not because he's got such a great attitude about things that even if he starts to dip, you still like it's Nick Castellanos. It's going to be a positive influence on these young guys. You tell me you don't want Brennan Davis sharing a dugout with Nick Castellanos, the guy who says every day is opening day. You don't want that guy in your clubhouse rubbing off on all these rubbing off is a bad way to say it, but you know what I'm saying? You don't want that influence. That's insane. They need to be smart about this. You can't wait. You can't always wait for, Oh, well, we're not quite in our competitive window yet. So we have to wait for our competitive window to begin before we could really emphasize free agent dollars. No, because in 2024, a Nick Castellanos won't be available. And Nick Castellanos is, is that the plural of it? They don't grow on trees, my friend. They do not. So when a Nick Castellanos becomes available and he says, I want to play. I want to play in the north side of Chicago again. You go, great, how much? And then if he says, I want this much, you go, how about a little bit more? And he goes, do we just, do we just, become, do we just become employee, employer? Or my I, I back? And you go, damn right, you're back. You go get yourself a uniform, kid. And then everyone's celebrating. That's what we need to bring. That needs to happen because there's just zero reason. And I know I've already profiled Nick Castellanos. I don't need to do it again. You know what Nick Castellanos brings to the table. But again, you would never regret bringing that positive attitude into your clubhouse. Oh, Joe, but, you know, he's not the sharpest defensive player out there. The DH is coming. Slide him over to DH. And then you could have another one of these kids come up and fill the corner spot. You know, you got some young outfielders in the single A area. You know, Brennan Davis is already going to become barged through that door. We know he's going to be ready by June of 2022. He's not going to block them, is my point. You won't regret it. And Jason Hayward's money comes off the books in two seasons. So, again, that frees up more. There's just so much potential. And, again, I emphasize all this to remind people that Theo Epstein did not leave the Cubs in a poor situation. He left them in a great situation. This could have been a one. This could be. This could still be a one-year reset in which 2022 was the bad year, and or 2021, I should say, and 2022, they're back out there being competitive. 
I'm not saying I'm not saying you know spend all the money just to go after a division title, but you spend enough to get yourself right there because the Brewers are not scary. Yeah, the top three in their rotation. There's some nasty pitchers there. That offense is anemic. The bullpen is is you know Craig Council's weird with how he pulls those strings sometimes. I'm telling you right now, you make a couple right, a couple two two to three really good signings. You know, you get yourself a bona fide number two ace level starter to go along with Hendricks. And you can continue to let Justin Steele, who I'll talk about um, in the next podcast about his performance. You know, Keegan Thompson, Adbert, of course, Brandon Marquez will be knocking on the door. So you get yourself another top of the rotation guy, then another solid starter. Someone who's not going to break the bank, of course, but someone who's dependable. You add those to the rotation. I already like the bullpen. I'm very confident in the Cubs' ability to find bullpen arms. Right there, I'm happy with the pitching staff. Then you add the right pieces to this offense. You tell me we can't win the central. You're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. Again, I've already I've already profiled Cassianos. I profiled shortstops. I profiled DH slash left fielder. Cassianos could even play a little right field too. So I thought to myself, I'm looking over my list of free agents this upcoming off season, and and who's who's having a great 2021. And do you know who's having an absolute monster 2021? Well. In the ninth inning last night, he hit a two-run homer to tie the game 4-4. He did that for the Boston Red Sox, and that is Kyle Schwarber. He was 26th home run of the year. His OPS is now around 930, which is elite, in case you weren't aware. 930 is a super high OPS. Let's see where that ranks, actually. I feel like he's probably in the top, is he a top 10 guy when it comes to that? Let's find out. Going to the stats. Here is Kyle Schwarber, OPS. No, that was OBP. Hit the wrong button there. OPS in all of baseball. Maybe he doesn't qualify though, because yeah, he probably doesn't qualify because he missed so many games. But just so you know, Juan Soto is at 944 for seventh. He would be around eighth or ninth in the league. He'd be between Joey Votto at 940 and Matt Olson at 932. That's the season Schwarber's having right now. He had his 26th home run, which is good for looks like good for 22nd in baseball. And again, and he missed like six weeks. He got hurt July 2nd and came back like mid-August. If he didn't miss those six weeks, Schwarber would probably have 40 right now. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding because that's how phenomenal he was. He was an all-star in the first half, deservedly so. His batting average is close to 270, which is also his highest. And if they rework stuff where they might limit the shift, which is something that's highly talked about this offseason, that's even more base it's opening up for him. He is only 28 years old right now. He has got his prime to go. But the thing is, does Kyle want to come back to Chicago? We know he loved his time here, but again, non-tendering, it's kind of along the lines of firing. The Cubs non-tender him in the offseason. And even though they could say, hey, look, we had financial constraints and we, you know, we loved you and all this. My point with Schwarber is I think we'd have to overpay for him to come back here because he's going to get a lot of offers. The Red Sox might try to keep him. I'm not really sure what they're doing, though, because they do have J.D. Martinez, and I think they might want to go for a true first baseman. I think the Red Sox will probably compete with the Yankees for Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo, I might note, has been struggling since coming back from COVID, but I'm strong September. I bet we'll see out of Anthony Rizzo now that once he gets his timing back. You know, he didn't do a rehab stint. He was off for 10 days and then came right back in. So I think his timing's just a, a wee bit off, but he'll be back. So with Schwarber, every team in baseball wants a guy who could play left field or DH, so all the American League teams will be up for him. He's, he's playing so well, he's going to half the American League teams won't be able to afford him. But I could definitely see, you know, I hate to say it, the White Sox will probably talk to him. 
I could see, uh, you know, the Angels could probably use some lefty, although Otani's left-handed. Um, and they're kind of, yeah, they, they have some contract situations that they have to deal with right now. But you never know. Toronto could take a look at him. They're going to have some money opening up because I imagine uh, Simeon's going to try to go somewhere else and they, they could replace someone at second base more easier. There's just going to be a lot of offers for that guy. Who knows what the Twins are going to look to do. The Detroit Tigers probably aren't ready to spend yet. It's it's going to be interesting. And the Cubs, he's look, he's from Cleveland. Maybe the Cleveland Indians, who have a ton of payroll, are like, well, he's not from Cleveland. He's from Ohio. They might be like, come on home, Kyle Schwarber. There's some stuff there. I'm just saying that Schwarber is a guy that walks a lot, hits for power. The strikeouts have come down a bit. They're still a little high. Don't get me wrong. He plays a better left field than you think. He's been league average plenty of times at left field. And even when he's been slightly below, it's never hurt you as much as we think. As Cubs fans, we just know that when he misplays the ball, it looks really bad. So he's one of those, you know, some, there's a lot of good left fielders. They misplay one and you're like, ah, yeah. But when he misplays it, it's like, where, where were you on that one, buddy? <laughs> what game were you watching? It looks awful. And that makes us, in our mind, it's like the eye test thing. Because I remember one year, I'm like, you know, Kyle Schwarber is an above average defensive player. He was above average defensively in 2018. And someone's like, no way. And I showed them every number. And they're like, oh, wow. I, I didn't even realize. I just think of all the, the, the mess ups. Yeah, because you think of that. He got portrayed early on as someone who can't play the outfield. Because he had never played it before. He came up as a catcher. So he's learning the outfield at the pro level. It's a difficult task. I would love to see Schwarber back. But I know that okay, if we could cast Giannis and Schwarber. Because then you got either one could like, you know, DH, left field. You can mix it up a little bit. But, you know, obviously you don't want two guys of that profile, being, meaning like, you know, they'll shift to DH after a few years. One, you, you do. You don't do two like that. But if uh, if Castellanos, is, you know, someone outbids us for him and we could, if we're in the short, I just don't think Schwarber's giving us a discount. That's what Cubs fans need to realize. So love him back, but you don't go back to a former employer for less than. You kind of make him, you know, I'm sure he would say, I'd love to come back, but you got to you gotta meet the offer prices I'm getting from these other teams. By the way, if the DH is in all 30, he's going to get a lot if the DH is universal. I can see the Dodgers being like, yeah, come on over. Like, you know, it's who knows with that team. Giants, Padres. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be spending money, and Schrober fits a, a big need with being a left-handed slugger. really does. All right, Cubs fans, that has been this episode of the Lockdown Cubs podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. Make sure to follow me on Twitter for all sorts of fun news, and if you ever want to check out a comedy show as well. Uh, you guys are the best, and as always, go Cubs. Lockdown bets, everybody. Betting on the NBA, MLB, or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.